I will spend some time learning how to use this stuff. But Dan, I, yeah, do you know what you're using your free time doing? What? Recording podcasts and then editing them. That's, that's all I pretty much do in my life, yeah. Nobody's fault but your own how many podcasts you're involved with. <laughs> no, I know. Literally, you are the cause of all of this. Hello and welcome to this week's Too Much Time on Our Hands podcast. It's a bit later than usual, but it will be worth the wait. Uh, to, to, <laughs> to, 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 to this, Russ is just staring at me. <laughs> oh, Got to stare back at him. It I'm helps. trying to. <laughs> Otherwise, he's not going to finish. <laughs> trying to. He's not going to finish. To. Come on, professionalism. To uh, to get us through this week's podcast, eventually... You we... carry on. You're sticking with that intro. Yeah, okay. <laughs> let's try, we'll try again then, shall we? Okay. That's probably staying let's in, though. It's quite funny. Hello and welcome to this week's Too Much Time on Our Hands podcast. We are here to give thanks for the things that we are thankful for. What the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> give thanks for the things we are Well, they tend for. to be the things that I give thanks for. Fuck it, we're sticking with this I give, one. I give very few yeah. things thanks for the things that I don't like. <laughs> no, true. Yeah. Unless I'm being polite. We're, we're sticking with this one. Bullshit to this. Fuck it. Um, Russ. Hello. Hello. Thanks for joining us. You're very welcome. I'm thankful that you're here. I mean, it'd be a bit weird if I wasn't because you're in my shed. Yeah, it would be weird. Um, and Duncan, thanks for joining us. I'm thankful for being allowed to come on and laugh at your yeah, laugh at your laugh at you. <laughs> and laugh at your. Laugh I love it. You were going to say, oh, just laugh at you. Fuck it. It's not worth it. Um, I'm thankful that you are here, Duncan. So we're talking about thanking because it was Thanksgiving about a week ago. <laughs> yeah, when we came up with the idea, which was two days after Thanksgiving. This seemed like an almost relevant idea. We're sort of nearly getting the hang of how sort of topical stuff works. Yeah, it's very much Christmas now, though, is what mm. I've noticed. Like, <laughs> for starters, we we live in the UK, so we don't celebrate Thanksgiving anyway. And secondly, um, yeah, it's Christmas now. Like, even in America, it's it's very much Christmas now. So, mm-hmm. But I thought it was a fun topic to just go through, like, all these things, basically see how many times we can mention Resident Evil 4 and Inside. Sure. um, (laughs) It's to go through the things that just I I often get called called out for being quite a negative person, especially this time of year because I fucking hate Christmas. Um, So I thought what we'll do is be have an upbeat, positive podcast where we're talking about the things that we actually enjoy and that we are thankful for them existing, and maybe go into a bit of the nitty gritty as to like. the people that originated some of the things that we really enjoy so i mean who wants to kick us off i mean i can i'm guessing i should kick us off considering this was my well it sounds like you want to so Uh, you may as well okay one name and i'm thankful for this person joss whedon (laughs) joss whedon set up several universes that i would like to inhabit although the firefly universe does sound a bit scary actually thinking about it but firefly came along at a time when there wasn't much in the way of decent sci-fi on television mm. um, and and changed the landscape. It said you don't need aliens for it to be science fiction. Um, it's a Western in space, for starters. I, I wouldn't call it sci-fi. Would you not? No. Yeah, because it's call- not about the sci-fi. 
But no. Probably, I don't... Re- like, Star Trek isn't really sci-fi. Okay, nothing is sci-fi to you is what I'm no, realising. Because like, you don't think it, The Expanse is sci-fi either. No, I think The Expanse does not start as sci-fi. It starts yeah. as a cop drama. And yeah. it becomes, quite rapidly, very it does sci-fi. It starts as a cop drama set 100 years in the future in so space. To me, something is sci-fi if the central reason for it is exploring ideas about science and technology and progress and their impact on civilization. So Firefly is definitely just a Western... Yeah, Fi- Firefly is just like... it's No, not the word just. It is a Western. A Western. Space. It's yeah. an awesome one, and it's yeah. in space, and it's got spaceships. I'm yeah. not denigrating it in any way. I fucking love it. Mm. But I don't think it necess- I don't think it's mainly sci-fi. But so it having is, spaceships in something does not make it sci-fi. No. Okay. Fair. Also, because they don't really emphasise the different types of warp drives or anything like that, it, it is it is meant to there's, sort there's of no represent a post Civil no, War. There's no faster kind of travel in Firefly. No, they've just got no. their their. They've got the glow drive yeah. thing, haven't they? But it's not it's not faster than night. It's all subliminal. So, but then the expanse does subliminal. go into detail about how everything works, how the ships work, though, as well. Uh, the uh, God, what's the name of the drive? The, the Epstein. Epstein drive, yeah. Epstein drive, yeah. Well, right. it doesn't really. It just says this guy called Epstein invented it. Yeah, it okay. Really so efficient. But there's a whole episode where it keeps cutting back to the episode no, the, the, the mechanics of how things yeah. work is not what makes something sci-fi either. yeah i'm not thankful for this conversation i'll be honest um so, <laughs> um, so then also like buffy's amazing as well mm-hmm. joss whedon changed the landscape buffy is sci-fi what <laughs> um, <laughs> Um, Joss Whedon has changed the landscape of television with shows like Buffy, which uh, gave it this more like sarcastic edge hmm. to 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 comedic drama almost. Um, and the sads are very sad, and the funnies are very funny. And Firefly is a bit like that as well. Um, it sort of showed that you can be lots of different things in one show. It doesn't just have to be a funny show or a scary show or a sad show or a dramatic show. It can be a different thing every week but still have the same characters. Which is, I mean, mm. it makes perfect sense. People aren't the same every week. No. In a lot of old-style TV shows, they absolutely were. And takes them seriously as well. Mm. Like, It's not often that these things get taken seriously because they're quite silly things. That Like someone that lives on the Hellmouth, which happens to be in California. It's quite silly, really, when you think about it, but it takes it deadly seriously. Um, and then you got his involvement in the Avengers as well, um, in which when you watch those films, and we did re-watch those films, um, that's the, the game-changer film. That's mm. the one where he almost changed the action film, in my eyes. Up until then, things like Iron Man were very much... They were, they were a, a, an older action film in the sense that you had intense action and then there might be a funny bit later on. Whereas you got to Avengers and it was very quippy all through the action scenes. And I think that's changed. Like you look at something like Last Jedi, I think Last Jedi takes a lot. Not our remake of The Last Jedi, by the way. Which will be better. Which will be better. More on that maybe later. Um Oh, but it are takes... we are we stick it? What what are, are we calling? Keeping it uh, called the last Jedi. I know this is, or are we looking for another last? So we've had last gallon. Uh, are we going to call it the last pint? Um, I don't know. Uh, well, we'll have a think. But I'm, uh, 
it's, it's the remake of the remake of the Last Jedi. Yeah. I think is what we, it is. we should call it the remake of the remake of the Last Jedi colon with even less ladies. Yes, no <laughs> boobs. Yeah, no, definitely. But yeah, he changed. Joss. He, Joss Whedon changed action films as well mm. in, in the Avengers, and I think he does get a lot of love. He's held in quite high regard in in the nerdy circles. I think it's fair to say, but at the same time, probably doesn't get the credit that he deserves in what he's done for TV and films. Mm-hmm. Um, that being said he links in with someone else I'm quite thankful for later as well but we'll get on to that so Joss Whedon thank you that's all I want to say <laughs> thanks for everything oh and his run on comics was really good as well his uh, Astonishing X-Men was fantastic and, and then taking the Buffy series seriously at least for the first series I think yeah yeah thanks Joss boom that's what I'm looking for anyway just like you're right Joss thanks well done, you're all right, you are. I'm sure that'll rebrighten his day. Yeah, <laughs> I'm sure he'll know, yes. Who wants to go next? I've uh, got one. Go on, um, I'm really thankful for uh, ID Games. ID Games, that's a good one. Um, or ears, they... some people call them. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, well, you know, they changed the... Well, they made a... Growing up in the 90s, really fun, because suddenly you get this first-person shooter, and you're like, yeah, I can go around with a shotgun. This is amazing. And they changed this. Okay, Wolfenstein, admittedly, was there, the one before, but it was Doom. Thank you for Doom. Mm. And then everything that followed. And because of what they did, we then get amazing other first-person shooters. It changed the whole genre. I mean, then, yes, I'm thank- very thankful for Half-Life, but um, without some of that early work, then we wouldn't have got where we are today. No, yeah, it's going to be one then... of the most influential games ever. I mean, yeah. have you ever played the original Wolfenstein? Yeah. It is rubbish. Yeah, it's, it's nowhere near... You, the difference between Wolfenstein and Doom is mm. massive. Yeah. Um, Wolfenstein's really slow it's compared got no to Doom. no atmosphere. Yeah, yeah. And it feels like you're moving square by square on on Wolfenstein, whereas Wolfen and whereas Doom is really fluid. It's so fast. If yeah, you, if, exactly. Yeah. If you go back and play Doom now, you're like, is this like because computers have got better or something? Mm. They just obviously decided that they couldn't be asked with realism in any way. No, no, we're gonna have you move at fifty miles an hour. Well, it feels like you're on roller skates mm. throughout um, throughout the whole game because you're just you're just yeah. motoring throughout. Yeah. It. But like, and later in the game, you realise how necessary it is because if you don't move at, hmm. like in all directions all at once, you're fucked. What I find funny is that, that you get a game like Doom, which is frenetic, fast-paced, just constant action, and then the first-person shooter genre takes off and they're going for gritty realism, hmm. uh, except for the fact that you just heal your health by hiding behind a wall seems to be the... Uh, the, the, the uh, the the staple of 2000 to 2010 shooters um they're going for gritty realism and and the games slowed down but they looked great mm. and then you get to 2010 and you get to 2013 even something like titanfall comes out when all of a sudden it's about moving quickly again and then the call of duty games follow suit going oh people want to move quickly in these and i think all all along people have wanted this kind of game where you're just no one, I think if you want this, there's, there's a market for slow and plodding, but I think if someone would have released a game like Doom, like the remake of Doom in the mid-2000s, I think it would have gone down very well. Yeah, uh, well, there's think, yeah It so just much... comes up back, back to that thing of like, 
the more realistic like there's very little about actual war that is fun no so the more realistic it is the more just harrowing and soul destroying it is i know that's what tom seems to want every time we talk to him about like he wants a realistic world war Two game which uh not for me really would be terrifying exactly probably. yeah but i played i played um a realistic war game i can't remember was it like operation something oh that is that like armor something like the operation it was on the xbox 360 so no not mm. armor but um and i was moving slowly through long grass for about 10 minutes and then i took a shot to the head and died and I was like, well, that was fun, wasn't it? I, yeah. That's not really what I want from a game. Remember The Onion did an article, they had a video once mm. about um, like the world's most realistic uh, shooter being released. But basically all you did was just hung around on your base doing nothing and occasionally <laughs> fixing a Humvee. Yeah. It's, that, but that's... <laughs> yeah. Like, I, I don't want that. I want something like Doom. Like, the, the remake of Doom was just so tongue-in-cheek for starters mm. like you've got to find the little doom guys as you're going around and if you find the one that looks like you and you move his arm up and you give it a little fist bump it's so it's so fun <laughs> and like it's such a metal game because it's got this great sense of humor but at the same time you're in hell um did you did you all see uh doom's response to the insights the mars Insight yeah. vehicle which was yeah. hilarious. Just we, we have <laughs> yeah. we haven't taken off our lens cover, but it is our first shots of Mars. Yeah. It was just those words of good luck. Good luck. <laughs> <laughs> just cracked me right up. I loved it. <laughs> I like. I, I love everything they're doing there. And Bethesda, some areas of Bethesda could probably look at what they're doing it to uh, to maybe uh, to make them some money because uh, Fallout seventy six has been a giant herd. Mm. start to finish so interesting but yeah no yeah i i agree it games thank you well there was one other bit of it that i want to be thankful for mm. is not just the fact that the games were brilliant but the soundtracks were yeah immense they're always uh yeah they're, they're always pretty good actually they always had something that fitted the level or the scenario mm. you were in they were always intense um and of course, the recent Doom soundtrack is out- outstanding. So, well done, thank you. You make my uh, making pointlessly violent games where one of the cheats is you can do Berserker mode with a knuckle duster and watch things explode. Just makes teenage boys' days good. <laughs> speaking and of- lose the- lose the sense of being able to actually speak English. Just quickly, speaking of fun things you can do in games, OGM put up a top five things you can do in Just Cause 5. Have you seen that? Four. Five? Four. Just four. Cause 4, sorry, four. yeah. Top yeah. five things you can do in Just Cause 4. Um, like, drop a tornado on an airport, that kind of thing, and see all the planes just, like, get sucked up into it. And blow up a petrol station with a cow. Just Cause 3 like. was so much fun. Um, um uh, make a, a tank relevant in air-to-air combat and you attach loads of balloons to it and fly it up so you can shoot planes <laughs> up. That's, that's, that's pretty good. <laughs> Stuff like this. It, I've, I pre-ordered it this morning based on that video. I'm like, I want to play that game. That looks oh, awesome. So much. But anything yeah. where you go, oh, I wonder if that will work. It almost <laughs> always works. But right, so in the in the new one, they've basically, they've, to encourage dicking around, basically, yeah. they've made it so that nothing will ever just kill you outright. So if you if you are standing on top of something and it explodes, yeah. which is the thing that happens a lot in the last game, 
you you won't die. You <laughs> you'll go down for like one percent health, and if you're in the middle of a fight or something, you might you know yeah. have to to scarper. But it it sort of even the very tiny voice in your head in the last one was maybe this isn't such a good idea when you're going if I attach this moving train <laughs> to that helicopter that's trying to shoot at me I wonder what will happen <laughs> and then you sort of like crawl away from the collapsed bridge behind you with 400 burning vehicles you're like that was that was pretty cool so but the, the cow thing was amazing so I think you can oh, attach I abused so many cows you can attach game. like a bomb to a cow can't you yeah and then like this is slingshot thing so the other end's attached to like a petrol pump mm. and then the cow just goes flying into the petrol pump and the petrol station explodes well, you, so you get these little rocket booster things yeah that you so you attach something it, it's a a rocket booster for 10 seconds and then it blows up so you can attach a bunch of them to a cow if you attach on the left hand side of the cow mm. some rocket boosters at the top and on the right hand side of the cow you attach some rocket boosters at the bottom and then you set them all off the cow just spins furiously in midair before exploding one of the other ones was a slingshot a sports car and it's like a Formula One car just spinning through the air, basically. <laughs> this game looks amazing. I can't wait to get it. Yeah, exactly. I mean, in the last one, I spent about 45 minutes with one end of the tether attached to the blade of a, a wind turbine. Yeah. And then trying to attach the other end to just some poor sod's car as they drove past. And it's very tricky, but if, when I eventually and this got is it, just cause. Yeah. It was just windmilling round and round and round and round and round. <laughs> And then he shortened the tether, and of course, because it's shorter, yeah. it gets faster and faster and faster, and smacks into the turbine and explodes. Is Just Cause actually the full title? Just Cause dicking around is a lot. Yeah, of fun. It's not Just Cause; it's Just Cause. There is a plot behind those games. Do not bother with it. <laughs> I tried playing this. I tried Just Cause three, and I, I, I didn't play that much of it because I tried playing the storyline. No, I shouldn't have bothered with yeah. it really. Um, <laughs> But it, it does look, yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to this one. Because, like, every game's got dynamic weather now. That's the big thing in games, is yeah. dynamic weather. And their dynamic weather is avalanches, tsunamis, and tornadoes. <laughs> that you can aim at people's faces. <laughs> exactly, yeah. Um, so I, I really want to play that. When's it out? Is it out soon? Yeah, it's like next week, I think. Oh, Christ. Are you going to get it? Well, yeah, but, I mean, between... I've got Forza and Red Dead. Mm-hmm. There's going to be that. I've got a stack like that high, and you can't see how I'm holding my fingers apart, but it's pretty high. It's pretty, of, pretty big. <laughs> of games to go through. I'm never. I'm just never. I'm never going to finish. No, never going to finish. Never no. going to finish. Bless. Um, but yeah. Anyway, thankful. Russ, what are you thankful for? The concept of single player. Long may it continue. <laughs> There's if. Fallout 76 demonstrates anything is that maybe having a single player component to your game is a good idea. Yep. Yeah. And I've got very little interest in anything that's multiplayer only. Fortnite can fucking do one. You're so angry about Fortnite. Oh, just the whole culture around it as well. All these pricks on Twitch and YouTube. I've seen you flossing. (laughs) It's just... It's... No. Just no. No? No. Not a fan, no. No, not a fan. And, uh, like, I mean, I'm not a Blops bro anyway, but (laughs) the new one... It's all right. But I'm not interested. I don't want... I'm old, and I'm not as good at games as I used to be. Nor am I, but I still have fun with it. So, going into multiplayer, especially now that there's not even a hint of a tutorial or telling you how to reload the fucking thing or anything... 
So going into something like Fortnite or PUBG is just it's just a lesson in humiliation for me at the moment. That is the biggest yeah, but issue. Black, Black Ops. Yeah. Black Ops Three does have tutorial because yeah, but it also uh, has monstered up fourteen year olds <laughs> who can snipe you from half a mile away, and it's got the sort of the class and perk system. You know, why can't we all just be like Halo Three, where everyone is the same person? With access to the same weapons and things, and if you're good, you're good. If you're not, you're not. But you Russ, don't. You do you mean get... like PUBG? No, because they like people get better weapons and stuff. No, they don't. They they get better weapons than I do. No, yeah, they, they find them though in the same way that you'd play Halo. Yeah, but, no, because in Halo, I knew where they were. <laughs> I don't know where they are in PUBG. I love that. You... <laughs> They're random in PUBG for starters. They, yeah. they spawn That's random. A dick in move, places. isn't it? But it's. But I love this idea that you that just on a battlefield you'd be heard. Has anyone seen any guns? Yeah. <laughs> well, it's just it's just not fair. Yeah. Also, uh, like, so I've in seen, Halo Three I've, they weren't I've random did... and they were very carefully placed. Yes, true. To get a balanced map, so you never really felt like stuff was just unfair. Whereas in <laughs> Fortnite. <laughs> Well, I'm trying to work out which button stops me crouching. Someone's built a tower and then sniped me from the top of it. <laughs> right next to you. Yeah. No, literally right next to you. So you see someone, and just as you get them lined up on the sites, they've suddenly built a ramp and jumped off it and axed you in the back of the head. I don't, really, I don't really get the Fortnite thing. I'll be honest. I've tried playing it and I can't get into it. No. Like I'd much, I in, if I'm playing something like that, I'd rather play PUBG. And you know what? The Call of Duty one's actually quite fun. Yeah, but it's full of Call I've of Duty wa- players. That's the problem. I have watched a 50 year old play Call of Duty, the newest Black Ops, and he didn't get shot straight away. He actually made it. I actually didn't even see him get shot. Uh, it was fine. He even got a crate with a good gun. His son was getting absolutely. Uh, furious, say so he was just getting impatient. Going, no, no, just you got to go this way. You got to go, just shoot. But um, yeah, he took it cautiously, hid behind every tree, uh, nearly got hit by the big blue wall thing that moves through, taking taking people out. But mm. Mm. Yeah, sounds like a really original thing. Mm. Just, I think my, so. The main th- <laughs> if you have a beautifully crafted single player experience, you're getting the absolute best that the developer has to give you they've poured everything into making that as compelling an experience as they can with multiplayer it's all like oh well we set things up and then you make your own fun yeah but it, it just feels like it. And, and just look at fallout 76 nobody's having fun there okay it's different <laughs> it's not though. going fallout well. 76 is different because it's just shit it's really boring <laughs> and like it's it's i've played a bit of it because, because we, you know, because you bought it, yeah, I got it. <laughs> Pre-order, yeah, dickhead. I paid like five pounds for it, <laughs> and you know what? If I could get that back, that would be nice. <laughs> but it's, um, it's just shit. It's just fucking awful. So, like, I played it for. I must play it for two hours, right? And I expect these games to be a little bit slow. I expect Fallout to be like, right? If I put two hours into it. I'm basically just going to scratch the surface of this. Mm. I understand that. But I played two hours of it, and it felt like I was actually making headway in the game, but it was still really fucking boring. Mm. So like, I, you, you come out of the vault... Which has follow- lost its 
drama by now. Yeah. The whole, oh, the big door's open. Like, we've all done that a few times now. Yeah. Well, I think it's just open in this anyway. Mm. So, like, it's not... Anyway, you, you come out of the vault, um, then you're just following these letters this, this woman's left. And um, <clears throat> I'm following the letters. It's pretty boring. And then I got attacked by some random things. That was pretty boring. And then I saw my first other person in the world who I think was trying to interact with me, but I was having none of it. I didn't want any of that. So I just carried on walking. I think it's designed for... I think what someone sat down and, and, and marketed this as was, hey, do you know what would be fun? If um, we if we could get, like, just combine the Fallout experience. So, like, five people come out of a vault and they have this experience together. Mm. Wouldn't that be fun? Not realising that that's not what Fallout is. The Fallout players aren't thinking, do you know what I'd really like to do? I'd like to play this with my mates. People that play Fallout are thinking... I'd like my mates to fuck off with the invites to the multiplayer game so I can get on playing Fallout. I mean, there's a reason you're called the Lone Wanderer. Yeah, exactly, yeah. Um, Lone Wanderer plus chums. Plus chums, yeah. And But then I think it's one of those ones <laughs> that I think if you... There's probably this this target audience, which is so tiny, which is why it's getting shit reviews. Mm. Um, but there's this small group of people that will absolutely fucking love this game. And... I'm not one of them because I thought it was dull as shit. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I'm not interested in Fallout. I'm not thankful for Fallout 76. Fuck that. It. It. You've kind of made it sound like someone's watched the Monty Python ske- sketch of the community of hermits and taken it seriously. Yeah. Yeah. That's 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 pretty good. I like that. <laughs> uh, it's not good. Let me put it that way. Anyway, uh, I am thankful for kind of related to Joss Whedon, Kevin Feige. <laughs> um, like, I could, are you just going through people who have been involved in Marvel movies? Yeah, so I was gonna do um, what's his face as well, John Favreau, um, but uh, I thought Kevin Feige has uh, created this elaborate world, step stayed four years ahead, pretty much every step of the way, and it feels like this is the first year where he's like he doesn't really know what's happening hmm. uh, because he doesn't know what the next step is. They buy X Men and, and uh, from Fox, and they it feels like they. Now, they don't know what's happening. But I firmly believe that this is a ruse and he knows exactly what he's doing every step of the way. Uh, yeah, I, th- there's no way they don't know exactly what they're doing. Yeah. Um, they just aren't saying anything until Avengers 4 comes out. Yeah, and we haven't. And, and I love what they've done. This, this year's been one of my favourite year for Marvel films mm. uh, in the sense that what they've done is kept their cards incredibly close to their chest. Yeah. Like we didn't get a trailer for Infinity War till till very late on. We won't get trailers for um, Avengers Four till I think mid December. I reckon it will happen. I, th- I mean, I, part of me thinks they shouldn't even bother with a trailer. Yeah, people are going to go see it. Well, the, the trailer could just be a previously on Infinity yeah. War. Um, it's like you. I don't need a John Wick three trailer. I needed a picture of him riding a horse through New York. I have. John Wick on a horse is one of my things that I'm thankful for. Oh, really? Yeah. <laughs> we'll get to that later. Then. Um, but but Kevin Feige has managed to create this entire universe in a very clever way mm. um, that is it, it treats fans with respect that, that know all about it, but at the same time doesn't alienate people that don't know anything about it and doesn't pander to them. They're not afraid no. to. So like the whole Mandarin thing yeah. really fucked off a lot of hardcore comics fanboys. Yeah. Because like they have taken they've disrespected one of the most powerful villains in the entire comics path. Yeah. Uh, no, just just they're 
they're sending that message that we don't if you think you know what's going on no you don't this is completely separate and we're going to do whatever we want he's treated it like um another comic alternate universe like the ultimates universe yeah. that kind of thing and he's, he's they've done their own thing with it and i think that's exactly how you need to do it um DC could definitely learn a thing or two from Marvel about setting mm. up characters, setting up storylines, and the fact that this has all been building up to these these two films at the end, pretty much, of this giant storyline. Um, and the fact that even the bad films aren't really that bad. No. Like, if Thor The Dark World came out in the mid-90s, we'd be like, oh my god, that's brilliant. I'm so glad we got a Thor film. Well, even Hulk is a solid, like, three stars. Exactly, yeah. Like, th- there's no bad films. The great films... Um, probably will be considered amongst the great films of the last 20 years um, and I'm just thankful that someone who wanted to treat this with respect managed to do that and in turn uh, make a whole load of new people understand who mm. Iron Man is who Thor is who Captain Marvel is no one gave a shit who Captain Marvel was until <laughs> until like the last few years and now when you've got people that have never picked up a comic before going no we want Captain Marvel we want a female superhero for fuck's sake give us that um and then, like, finding out who she is. And, and, like, the ability to, like, give you just enough. Give the fans just enough to go, oh, that happens in the comic. Yeah. So the people that aren't reading the comics will then read up on it. And I'd like to say they're buying the comics, but they're fucking not. Um, and um, but at least have, like, some degree of respect for the original comics in the first place. Mm. Big fan of Kevin Feige, and I'm very thankful for him. Mm-hmm. So thanks, Kev. Duncan? Um, well, I've sort of got two. Um, I've got a few. Uh, I am thankful, and I think we all are thankful. I'm really thankful, but I know you boys are as well. Pornhub. Jason Statham. Oh, okay. Oh. <laughs> I've got someone else who is lovable and just so chunky and hunky. Uh, but I think I know who it is. Yeah, J- J- Jason Statham. <laughs> Just thank you, Jason. You make our world a better place. What is what is the state up to these days? So he's just done the Meg. He has, yeah. Um, I don't know what he's doing now. Must be on something else by now. Like, do you know what would be a really good move for him? If Netflix went, we want to make a Jason Statham action film to put on Netflix. Mm. It's what everyone's doing. The Coen Brothers have just done a Netflix film for fuck's sake. So, a like a, a high budget. Jason Statham action film that's goes straight to Netflix. That'd be good for his yeah, career, I I'd reckon. Be for that. Yeah, yeah. But what he's doing at the moment is the Hobbs and whatever. Of course, film. yeah, Hobbs yeah. and Shaw. Yeah. The- <laughs> I in, am in the space of one film going from yeah, he's an absolute villain <laughs> who murdered one of your friends to yeah. oh, he's just a misunderstood um hero of the British Secret Service. Yeah, it's a bit of a tyke, really, isn't he? Just Bless a, him. a bit of a, and I, <laughs> they've done it so many times in the Fast and Furious films. But that is the quickest. Like, I mean, it's it's an age old yeah. thing, you know. If a villain hangs around long enough, they'll become a goodie. But in the space of one movie, going from their sworn enemy to bestie mates, mm. villain. So to, 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 to the it, that <laughs> the movie ends with a comedy action set piece of him rescuing a baby (laughs) (laughs) they've gone from him cold-bloodedly murdering someone to to cheekily saving a baby and making little jokes about if it's pooed in its nappy so (laughs) it's a bit of a pivot but 
Statham gets away with it. Yeah, he can get away. He's got the face for it. He has got the face for it. Um, Statham... He he actually can do funny as well. There's never been an awful daddy daycare, the pacifier... No, because that's what Spy should have been. But it was really good. With him. But yeah, he's aware of his own ridiculousness, I think. Which is exactly like he was just playing himself in Spy. <laughs> he was he was playing what I think he was playing the Reddit version of himself, wasn't yeah. he? Let's he's um, fucking made it. Didn't fucking he? made it. Just <laughs> <laughs> gonna take this out on the open water, go from coast to coast. <laughs> so he does know that's a lake, right? <laughs> I had this arm ripped off, and I had to sew it back on with this arm. <laughs> <laughs> Put me in the face-off machine. <laughs> Spy is very good. You should watch it. Spy is fucking. I might watch it again. It's it is incredible. hilarious. Spy is, is yeah, and the post-credit sequence where he slept with Melissa McCarthy as well. Going, <laughs> oh god, you fucking loved it. <laughs> oh, it's so good. Um, I was going to say, um, Fast and Furious villain to hero is the equivalent of twenty-four. There's a mole in CTU. Yeah, definitely going to happen at some point. Yeah, exactly, yeah. It, it, that That is... Every film, there is, like, a villain that turns here. Like, even the first film, really, Dom's the villain. Yeah. Like, either... Depending on which way you look at it, oh, man, there's so many layers to that film. Um, either Dom or Brian... <laughs> that's not enough. Dom or Brian is the, is the villain. Mm. And depending on which way you, you look at it, by, the course, by film eight, they're both... Well, Brian's not. But Dom's a superhero, so, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, the the villain to hero thing. Also, the uh, scrappy street racers to unlicensed special forces team <laughs> happened without anyone yeah. really noticing. Yeah. <laughs> you can wait. You can. All right. Have you always been an expert hacker <laughs> who can handle assault weapons? I like how they just accumulate people along the way. Yeah, and start talking about them like they're their family. Yeah, like was, she, was she in the last one? <laughs> I have to like. Go back through and think, was she? Like Gal Gadot just turns up. Yeah. And I, I remember watching it going, I, I don't remember her in the last one. Yeah, but she, yeah, but she, she just suddenly turns up going, oh yeah, no, she's the, um, she's our like weapons person. What? There's Lucas Black just knocking on the door. <laughs> Can I come in and join? No, Lucas. <laughs> <laughs> Go back to school, you 40 year old. <laughs> um, yeah, no, but Statham in general, thankful for Statham, making the ridiculous um, acceptable, I think. I mean, come on. In terms of action films. it The pinnacle of ridiculous to acceptable is also Crank 2. Yeah. Yeah, that's a weird yeah. film. It's an insane movie. <laughs> it's a great film. <laughs> but can film. you imagine anyone else in that role? <clears throat> Chev fucking Chelios. <laughs> His name's Chev Chelios. Let's start there. It's ridiculous. <laughs> Where's he from? Somewhere. Somewhere. Well, he sounds like he's from America in the first half of the film, except he's using Cockney rhyming slang. And then by the second half... And his mum's Jerry Halliwell. His mum's Jerry Halliwell. Yeah. Oh, that's genius. It's so good. <laughs> so, yeah, Statham. So, Absolutely. Statham makes everyone happy. Absolutely and if it does. doesn't make you happy, mm. there's no hope. No. Just... Ah, fuck you. Um... <laughs> Russ. You shouldn't be listening to this podcast. Yeah, exactly. What makes you happy, Russ? What makes you thankful? Sorry, not what makes you happy. Sorry. <laughs> the <laughs> rewind feature on TiVo boxes. 
or, Russ has done a better job than us. <laughs> so I, I mean, I don't know if you have it. So on the TiVo box, you're watching something recorded. It gets to the adverts. Oh no, you think it's the adverts? Mm. Wait a second. I recorded this. I can fast forward them. So you fast forward through the adverts. Yeah. You hit the fast forward button. It's going twice as fast as normal. That's yeah. good. But you think it's dangerous. I could, pro- I could probably push myself further than this. Yeah. If you press it again. Yeah. You're going at four times normal speed. You rebel. People start to look at you a bit concerned, but you you know you you're, you're riding high by this point. You hit it again. You're going eight times faster than real life. This is seriously illegal territory. You're now. in the future. Yeah. Part of you is telling you yourself to stop to calm down. Yeah. But you're you're past listening to that now. You hit it again. You're going 16. You hit it again. You're going 32 times faster than real life. <laughs> yeah. You can see the curvature of the universe from that speed. Yeah. Of course, the adverts come to an end and you start crashing into the program that you're watching. Yeah. With the TiVo box, yeah. when you hit play, it will take you back about fuck 10 off. or 15 seconds. So you shoot past the start of your program. You think, oh, fuck, you hit play. But it doesn't start playing from that point. It takes you back a little bit because it knew you were going too fast. It knew you couldn't handle the 64 times fast forward. So, And it compensates. And it does the same thing going backwards. And it is one of the best bits of user experience design I've ever seen. It's fucking phenomenal. Do you ever watch adverts and sometimes think, someone, no, no. Got, someone got paid to come up with that? I never watch adverts. No, because you've got TiVo. Um, <laughs> TiVo yeah. and Netflix. Um, but, but, yeah, honestly, yeah. it's incredible. And um, My wife is very, very bad at accurate fast-forwarding. So, you know, she tends to sort of overshoot <laughs> and then massively compensate going the other way. Yeah. And we'll spend maybe five minutes adjusting it to get to... <laughs> and also, she has to start playing it from the exact nanosecond that it's, it started from. If, if you go back five seconds before you started fast-forwarding, you're like, oh, we've already seen this bit, and fast-forward it again, and then is off on a whole other <laughs> But um, yeah, yeah. that is incredible, and I don't think that is standard. Like it, skyboxes don't do that. I'm pretty certain they don't. But I'm going to try it later. Yeah. yeah, it's a bit of user experience design up there with the Norwegian railway ticket machines. Okay, you need to explain that now as well. When you buy a ticket from a Norwegian railway ticket machine, mm-hmm. it tells you in whichever language you want it to. So you just bought your ticket to Schmierg. It tells you. Which platform you should go to yeah. when the next train is arriving, and which direction you should walk in to get to that platform? Fucking genius! Oh my! That right? Is, that is incredible. That is brilliant. Yeah. That that is a public transport system that cares for you. Yeah. Not like ours, which is here's your tickets now. Yeah. Fuck off. <laughs> yeah. Also, the train turns up when it says it will. Yeah. And it costs five pence. <laughs> so that was pretty good. But yeah. Con- that when, when I first realised that, will that cost you 50 quid. was doing that, I, I like, I tried to talk to my wife very excitedly about this. She was not as impressed as I was. So is it a new thing? No. Well, I don't know. I mean, it, it's done it for as long as we've had that that yeah. TiVo box. I so like as, well, what I was going to say is, do you ever watch adverts? You don't watch adverts. Not Where really. have you ever watched an advert and gone, some prick got paid to come up with that advert? Mm, yeah. And it's always something ridiculous. Like I thought I could be in advertising by adding Orama to everything. 
Um, but I understand. <laughs> the really depressing thing yeah. about them is that they do work. Yeah. Shit yeah. adverts. Yes. They might not work on you, but if they don't, you weren't the target audience. But then you, th- you hear stuff like that and you think, someone sat down and went, how can we improve the TiVo box? What are people going to want to do? And they were probably watching uh, Geordie Shore or whatever mm-hmm. um, and just went, oh, shit, I missed it. And then light bulb moment, then it's in the box. Oh, the logical step would be to have an automatic skip the adverts button, yeah. but it would be hard... Bear in mind that the people that make these things are the people trying to get channels to get in with them, so they, you know, so they, so, they wouldn't want to piss off advertisers. We'll that obviously. Do a quick power ranking here: TiVo's fifteen-second rewind feature, mm-hmm. or Netflix's skip intro feature. I hate the skip intro feature. Yeah, because I enjoy me a title sequence. Depends what the title sequence is. Like a lot of the Netflix original series. Their title sequences are overly long and all look exactly the same. Some of them do. Mm. We're watching the second series of Glow at the moment. That's got an incredible title sequence. Yes. They only included it in the first episode of the second series. Yeah. The rest of them, it just comes up with a title card. Glow, by the way, is fucking awesome. Really good. Yeah. Um, no, Net- Netflix does a lot of things that pisses me off. The automatic previewing should be optional because yeah. it stresses you out. Have you not made a decision yet? You fucking idiot. I'm just going to play this. Yeah. You're going to have to watch the first 30 seconds of A Christmas Prince 2 a hundred times because you couldn't decide what you wanted to watch immediately. The famous thing that pisses me off is, are you still watching this? Yes, I'm still fucking watching this. I think that's like a bandwidth saver thing. Yeah. It's not a... It's not trying to. It'll position itself as trying to be smart, but what they they don't want to be sending out streams to people who aren't actually watching them because it would mm. cost them a lot of network traffic. It just annoys me. Yeah, uh, I, I, it annoys me as well because that, like, you know, the, yes, the I'm watching on that this. Is variable. Sometimes mm. you can leave it for like two hours. At busy times, if you don't touch anything for like ten seconds, you go. You still watching? You still watching? Because I really yeah. want to turn this off because it's quite busy at the moment actually, and it's quite difficult. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Sorry, Duncan. You were going to say. No, it's like, yes, of course I'm watching it. I'm binging it. This is really addictive. Now, piss off because I can't find the controller and it switched itself off. Are you pretty much inventing... And then then the TV goes, are you still watching this? I mean, okay, the automatic switching off the TV is fine. But when I'm playing Skyrim or some other game and the TV then suddenly comes up going, TV's going to shut down unless you press OK. You're like, I'm fighting a bear! (laughs) I've got a bear! Get out! Ah, what gonna die is, um, because so our TV is connected to the Xbox for the purposes of turning on and off. So if you're mm. watching something like on Chromecast, yeah, and you so you don't see the fact that the Xbox has popped up the if you don't do something, I'm going to turn off message. Mm. So the Xbox turns off, which of course turns off everything else. Well, that's annoying. So, but you'll be you'll be watching something and suddenly everything just switches off because you hadn't nudged the Xbox for a little while. Yeah, no, that's that is irritating as mm. well. But you know that TiVo function sounds amazing. It is incredible. Yeah, yeah. You'd be thankful for that. Yeah. And I've got another obvious one. Go for it, Phil Spencer. I'm thankful for Phil fucking Spencer. <laughs> I love Phil Spencer. This is. I, I think it's fair to say we are an Xbox friendly podcast. Yeah. I wouldn't say we're fanboys, but I think we 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 own them. We own Xboxes over other consoles, although Tom owns them all because you know. Yeah. Loves Nintendo now, apparently. <laughs> You're going to get a Switch, aren't you, by the way? I can tell. I don't know. I'm thinking... They're too expensive. Yeah. Like, I keep looking at them going and then reminded that they're 300 quid. Yeah. It yeah. feels like it should be a £200 thing. Yeah, definitely. Because like, you can get an Xbox One for, 
like 200 quid now. Yeah. So it feels like it should be cheaper than that. Yeah, but it's not. If that it was 150 quid, I'd get one. Yeah, same. That's 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 where I'm at with them as well. Um, and there doesn't seem to be ever any good bundles on them as well. No. no. Positivity, um, chaps. Come on, we're talking about. Yeah, sorry. Yeah, yeah. That's another thing that. Um, yeah. Fallout 76 has pissed people off with. What? Well, everyone pre-ordered it, yeah. and now it's down to like 25 quid. Brand, yeah, brand, was, like a, a, yeah, a new AAA game is never discounted that much straight away. Um, Black Friday deals, they do do that, to be fair. So, like, um, in HMV, I noticed that uh, two years ago, they had Destiny 2 for 20 quid, and then the year before that was Titanfall 2 for 20 quid. But those games hadn't been released, like, a week before, had they? No, like two, two three weeks before still. Yeah. But it's, but they, they were very much... We didn't have much of them in stock, or HMV didn't have much of them in stock, and it was like they went in 10 minutes. Whereas Fallout seventy six was was still there. At They're the trying to shift them. Yeah. Like that, they have discounted them to to get yeah. some people into the universe. I think. Yeah, yeah, which is not working. Phil Spencer, right? Mm-hmm. He's great. Phil Spencer came in, and he's always been in like not in the background. He's been a very integral piece of the Xbox puzzle mm-hmm. since its conception. But uh, with the Xbox One, which I don't know if any of you watched the E three press conference, the original Xbox One press conference. The absolute shit show one. Total shit show, yeah. yeah. Which was um, basically, here's a console that's £50 more expensive or $50 more expensive than the PS4. Um, you're not going to get the games that you're going to get on the PS4. And also, we want it to be available on, on online all the time. And you're not going to be able to loan your mates games as well. Mm. Well, and then spend an hour talking yeah. about Connect. TV functionality yeah, yeah, Connect exactly, and yeah. not mentioning any games. Yeah. So... Phil Spencer, when he took over, has it's a losing task he's been given, basically, mm. uh, to try and resurrect the Xbox One. And what he's managed to do is unreal, in my opinion. He has managed to not just resurrect the Xbox One, but set Xbox up, Xbox One up for a decent future. Yeah. Uh, look at the studios that Xbox have bought now, or Microsoft have bought to work with Xbox. They've bought, what, 12 studios now over the yeah, last... Couple of other ones, just oh, there, yeah, yeah, Obsidian and um, something as well, but yeah, um, and they've bought all these studios. They've set up this thing called the Initiative because they've seen that people like first-person action games, that the, the ones that have done really well in Sony uh, on on the PlayStation console, and they've set up the Initiative to create their own one, bringing in talent from all around the gaming uh, world, um, and then on top of which, there's Game Pass, which is was going to go one of two ways, wasn't it? It was either going to be shit and you're going to get 100 games that you didn't want to play mm. or it was going to be amazing. And it's been amazing. Like, there's 200 games on Game Pass And now. games with gold. Yeah. The Sony equivalent is still absolute bobbins in comparison. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Um, the the online... Battlefield 1 last yep. week for free. It's yeah. brilliant. Have you got it? Did you get it? Yeah. Have you yeah. played it? Well, probably not, Probably never going to play it, but no. I've got it and I didn't pay for it and that, that makes me feel good. Um, then you've got things like... Um, even just the E3 press conferences since he's taken over have been much more upbeat, much more positive, mm. and actually made you feel good about owning an Xbox. The, the, the online system's better. The best thing that happened for us as Xbox consumers was them falling behind in the, in the console war race. Um, in the sense that yeah, we it's now... Yeah, a real shot yeah. in the arm. If you're exactly. Naked. The, the only problem if they, is... If they yeah. hadn't bothered with the Kinect, yeah. they could have made the Xbox 50 quid cheaper than the PlayStation. Yeah. At least, yeah. And you'd have had probably better first person. Well, if they'd have 
come into the into the race having at least started some of these games that we were promised like mm. crackdown crackdown <laughs> yeah which is nuts and then like uh, scalebound which got cancelled the fable game which got cancelled um and then halo 5 which was shit and felt rushed yeah yeah they'd have just come into the into it already halo 5 having... somehow looks worse than halo 3 yeah yeah it really does i find th- there's a re- there's a visible line where the level of detail changes. Yeah. So in the distance, things are rendered with uh, lower resolution textures and with less polygons. But, like, you can... There's this weird line that moves at the same speed as you, and I couldn't work out what it was. And I could, It's the the detail change tide mark. It's fucking nuts. As you walk along, you can see things sort of popping into clarity. Um, and then you've got things like the Xbox One X, which is basically Phil Spencer going, this is the console we should have released. Yeah. Um, it's a bit... Yeah, it's a bit kind of... It's slightly pointless in that nobody really needs to upgrade. Unless you go and buy a new TV or something. Mm. It's not something you just casually go and upgrade to. But it's it's an amazing sort of... This is what... If I'd been around at that time, yeah. this is probably what it had been like. And just in general, how he is with the press. Like, how he is talking to the other companies as well. Mm-hmm. If Sony released a decent game, he'll send a tweet going, amazing work, I can't wait to play God of War 4 or whatever it's called. Um, uh, same with um, same with with Nintendo as well, going, I can't wait to play this on the plane. He sends these kind of things. He He's just a really good people person. I'm I trying to sort of detoxify the whole tribal fanboyism. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and and look at what he's worked on with crossplay as well. Mm. Like he he they, Xbox put tons of pressure on on Sony, and that's, they're still having digs at Sony as well. When Sony said they weren't um, going to be at E3 this next year, Xbox immediately put up a tweet going, "We are really looking forward to our amazing showcase at E3 this year." <laughs> it, He's just done wonders for the Xbox, and I think the next console is going to be something pretty special at this yeah, rate because I think it has to be. So yeah, Phil Spencer, you're a dude. Thank you, bro. Any other Microsoft execs you want to nosh off? Any other ones? No, just, he's the he's the he's the big one. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Duncan, what are you thankful for? Ah, uh, right. I am thankful for George Lucas. To some extent, okay. Are you a big fan of big chins? Is that what it is, or just <laughs> no? I I I do like. I'm thankful for Star Wars. I love Star Wars. <laughs> okay, yeah, fair enough. I love it to bits. I love the universe, uh, and that is proper sci-fi. It's fantasy sci-fi. It's just proper. It's most of the time ridiculousness, but it doesn't matter. It gets people really annoyed, and it really shouldn't. It's not sci-fi. Um, hmm? It's not sci-fi. It's <sighs> fantasy. It is. Oh, it, you, yeah, need to, okay. you need to change your parameters on sci-fi. I'm just going to say it now, Russ. It's <laughs> not enough now. Star Wars is absolutely not sci-fi. Of course it fucking is. <laughs> of course it fucking is. Of course it's sci-fi. It's not. Of course it is. It's about wizards and shit. It's about space wizards, Russ. <laughs> They're in space, <laughs> in spaceships. It's fucking sci-fi. Being in space it, and it having is, spaceships. I, I bit my tongue throughout. I, I gave you Firefly, okay? Star Wars is science sci-fi. Not sci-fi. Of course it's fantasy. It is. It's not fantasy. It's, fantasy. it's about a magic boy <laughs> <laughs> who spends his time in space with Irrelevant. space wizards. We all spend our time in space. Space no. is the whole universe. Ah, oh, Russ, it's not. It's not sci-fi. It's sci-fi. It's not. It is. It's not. It's fantasy. Oh well, it doesn't really matter what it, it is. Doesn't matter. 
it doesn't matter what it is. It's just, awesome. So you just agree with me that it's not sci-fi. That's perfect. Fine. Carry on. Oh, Carry shut on. up, Ross. Uh, <laughs> what do you think it is, Duncan? Be the tiebreaker here. Fantasy. Ross says Duncan. Right, let's carry on. Uh, I, I, I don't know. Sci-fi and fantasy always get lumped in the same book section oh, in the library don't... anyway, so it doesn't matter. You just ride that <laughs> fence, eh? <laughs> Die Hard um, Christmas film. I actually don't give a shit anymore, by the way. <laughs> what we're on the subject... <laughs> No one asked me if Die Hard's a Christmas film. Die Hard what? is a science fiction Christmas film. <laughs> <laughs> I don't give a flying fuck if Die Hard's a Christmas film anymore. It's Christmas film. I don't care. I don't care. <laughs> is it a movie you watch right. at Christmas time? No. It's, it's, no, I watch it in February when it was released to celebrate its release. So why, why do you watch so films you, when they You don't watch films when they're released. To celebrate the release. It's a Christmas film. It's not... I don't care. I don't care. I see... That's oh, the, there you go. Fine. No, so but I see all these things going up going, is Die Hard a Christmas film? I don't give a shit. Yeah, the answer... We don't give a shit years ago. The answer is yes. We did. And now I don't care anymore. If you enjoy it at Christmas, that is brilliant. You're the only one getting my... Bully for you. Dan, 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 this is meant to be a positive episode i'm giving thanks to star wars because it brought us everyone a lot of joy it still does you know the star wars lego is awesome to look at even though the big millennium falcon is 650 quid i I don't care i like seeing it i like the films i still love watching new hope there are you know we watched rogue one the other day again emma hadn't seen it christmas film um (laughs) i mean she didn't quite love it as much as i did but it, it, that's still not it's not quite grounds for divorce but it's probably it, uh, actually she listens to this she'll uh, <laughs> <laughs> she didn't like it <laughs> whoa, 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 hang on she she did like it she just didn't enjoy it as much as I so did she wasn't crying at the end then and she cried at uh, oh what is it KS K2SO the K2SO yeah. dying I, I'm crying at the end because it's a beautiful film that's that's why yeah, I'm, I tend mm-hmm. to cry. I, I'm crying because I've watched a great sci-fi war film. It's a war movie. I mean, it is a war film. I'll give um, you that one. <laughs> it is. It is Battle of Britain esque type oh, of thing. Brilliant. I mean, all the X-wing pilots there are just like tally ho, chaps. What? What? Well, <laughs> it's fantastic. That's exactly what it's based on as well. Like, well, yeah, because they? they were the ones that, that didn't make it in Return of the Jedi. Yeah, most most of them yeah. are original. Um, footage that they've composited yeah. in, and, and it makes Darth Vader. It, it reminds you why Fucking Darth terrifying. Vader is scary yeah, yeah. and not a. There's, there's one I missed where he he just skewers a guy into the ceiling. Yeah. So like he raises force. Lifts him and then just skewers him in the ceiling. It's fucking amazing. I completely missed uh, that first one. So. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's just yeah, I love it. And you know, then you got the Lucas Art film uh, games. So the first Dark Forces is a great game. Mm-hmm. Um, I loved Tie Fighter. I loved X Wing versus Tie Fighter. Mm-hmm. I don't think it gets as much of love as it should because it actually did have an online element where you could play online together and that was actually really well Tomo and I tried it at his house we did a net we networked the computers and we we could we played X-Wing versus TIE Fighter and we could be squad mates I mean what better thing to do than going being Red Leader and being able to go Red 2 standing by Red 3 standing by yeah that, that was that that was good yeah they were awesome they that were. is what hmm. yeah uh so Star Wars, I just love it because yes, it got 
it did eventually become ridiculous and it's kind of trying to find its feet again and Russ I do agree with you that we should now there is scope to move away from the bloody Skywalkers whole thing and there is but it's it, in that sense it is beautiful and I'm thankful for it because you know what I grew up with mm-hmm. it I loved it there's nothing happier that I don't uh, nothing I enjoy more than sitting around with my cousins watching New Hope it's great. Nice. The, the, Thank the you. thought that just the opening credits can do so much to me <laughs> yep. is nuts. Like, just the opening credits of it. And even with Rogue One, the lack of the opening credits does that for me as well. Mm. And the, the slight, and the difference in music. Yeah. You're like, ah, oh, so good. And you know, the fact that you can close your eyes and you know who's on screen by the music that's playing. Yeah. It's, it's awesome. Yeah, no, it, George Lucas did an amazing job and then, you know, fucked it up royally in the, in the late 90s <laughs> early 2000s but it's he's still for all the most yeah for the most part he did a good job he created he created a universe that we've all fallen in love with so yeah i think in the prequels he just uh, needed someone to say no to him every now and yeah. then it feels like n- nobody ever told him anything was a bad idea yeah no i agree and yes um and really bad ideas. The, the technology wasn't there yet if like the the visuals on it aren't good enough mm. if, if you watch it now if they'd done it 10 years later it would have looked so much better yep am i allowed a cheeky second bonus one uh thankful for because it just reminded me the music john williams thankful here for yeah, him relates to he, it well. mm-hmm. he's he's done so many great piece of music for so many great films thank you yeah and and you can you can hum like a couple of bars of a John Williams soundtrack and you know exactly what it's from as well. Yeah. Like that not many people you can say that. Like Hans Zimmer is a great composer for soundtracks. But there's not many of his his um pieces that you could hum and you guess what it's from. In the same way. And mm-hmm. even the same with Danny Elfman bar like Batman. Yeah. And the Simpsons theme tune. Okay, those are pretty big ones, I suppose, really. But, yeah, <laughs> so John Williams, it, there's no one like him in that sense, anyway. Russ, what are you thankful for? Aragorn's beard. Yeah! Why? <laughs> um, so, the Lord of the Rings films popped up on Netflix a little yes. while ago. and Not the extended versions, though. No, they're not the extended no. versions. Um, and I was, yeah. I was scrolling through Netflix, as one is wants to do, trying to move fast enough to avoid the automatic preview something. <laughs> And Aragorn's magnificent beard popped up, and uh, reminded me how long it had been since I watched those those movies. Yeah, I'm two thirds of the way through the Two Towers at the moment, and by God, they're good. Sarah's watching them, um, and I came in at the end of Fellowship, just as Boromir. That's mm. fucking spoilers. Who cares? Yeah, people oh, from an eighty year old book. Yeah, yeah. Um, the book where Boromir dies, and like. I had not watched the rest of the film. I've seen it before, obviously. But I started crying. Like, I could feel yeah. myself welling up. And I was like, the third arrow splits the horn. And it's like, oh, no. And then Aragorn turns up. I'm like, fuck him up, Aragorn. And I, I know exactly what happens. I go, oh, I love the bit. I love, um, he goes, he's going to cut the knife out of the air. He's going to cut the knife out of the air. You must be so cuts, fucking annoying to watch yeah, this. Yeah, I know. Cuts the knife out of the air with the sword. And that look he has well, after he's like had that fight with uh, Lurtz, isn't it, is the guy's Yeah, yeah. the mad. He's got after this crazy he, look in his chops eyes. his head yeah. off. Fucking awesome. I love it. And just that bit alone, um, the... The bit where Sam and Frodo declare their love for each other. The many, many bits where that yeah. happens. 
<laughs> and like even that it's it's so cheesy that we will not abandon Merry and Pippin to uh, torture and and death or whatever it is. Let's hunt some orc, and then they run for six months. Yeah. So like it's, it's so. <laughs> It's so good though, and I watched. It's only but, in the grand scheme of things, it's like twenty minutes. What I watched, and the emotional roller coaster I felt in that twenty minutes. Yeah, in, I, I don't know anything about the uh, Mortal Engines film or books, but no, it looks pretty good. Though. Yeah, I want to go the see tra- that film. The trailer looks, and it's Peter pretty Jackson. Cool. I've been dealing with sci-fi. That that <laughs> that trailer has been. Uh, it looks fantasy to yeah. me. Um, <laughs> it does. I'm uh, just playing. <laughs> <laughs> um. Yeah, I, I, that trailer, there's been a trailer on YouTube for Mortal Engines mm. for most of this year. And I've been waiting for a bigger version because the music uh, soundtrack to it, the, to the trailer is so haunting and it just looks so good. Mm. But uh, yes, I'm thankful for Aragorn's beard because without it, we would probably all still be clean shaven and probably looking a bit dubious at that <laughs> yeah I, I don't ever really thought about it I suppose Aragorn probably was a big reason I, I wanted to grow my hair and um, and grow a beard as well looked awesome like they all did Boromir over Faramir let's just get this one out of the way now though right I, mean, I think Faramir is like the more traditionally good looking no I'm not talking about which one I want to bang I want to bang them both but like which one's like cooler Boromir or Faramir oh right I, I just assumed yeah. we were going with which one yeah. was hotter yeah Boromir um, right yeah Boromir. Bo- like Boromir's character is handled really well yeah in Tolkien was not the best at shades of grey no. within a character <laughs> no that- everyone is either evil or a hero mm. pretty much there's not a lot of wiggle room people outside the UK in Tolkien's world tend to be evil as well which is slightly yeah it's slightly problematic <laughs> yeah. anyone anyone from far away is yeah. basically evil yeah anyone well, from I'm- the Middle East is oh my god yeah yeah yeah, yeah. Well, and, and just, it's <laughs> it doesn't the, beat around the bush there either it's, it's the inherent <laughs> evil in yeah. so the idea that races which is yeah. what orcs and goblins and things yeah. are are just evil with no possibility of them not being that way is bit problematic <laughs> it really is but um boromir in the films yeah is better constructed than boromir in the book oh he's definitely. just a dick in the book yeah, yeah. um but he it, and in the when you meet him in the film you're like this guy's a dick yeah but then as they're going on the journey, like he has that great scene where he's bonding with Merry and Pippin, yeah. teaching them how to fight, and you know he's a complete badass in Moria. Yeah, uh, and and you know you can see him sort of overcoming the things that were causing him to be a prick. You can tell how desperate he is through that through as well. Yeah. Sean Bean does a really good like impression of and someone then when, going when he does yeah. break down and try and take the ring from Frodo. You, you, understand why he's doing yeah. it and what's driving him to that and he repents immediately yeah. and then sacrifices himself to to save Merry and Pippin. Yeah. That that bit where he does charge down to and just takes on the orcs to save yeah. Merry and Pippin and that's like just he just it. fucks up 50 orcs. Yeah. I mean it's pretty I love amazing. That, there's that helicopter shot where it's like it, it almost looks like a Warhammer battlefield mm. because you're like you you yep. you're moving across and it's like this one shot where you're seeing um, Legolas and Gimli fighting the orcs and you're seeing um, Boromir fighting the orcs with Merry and Pippin down there and it's all happening at the same time Yeah, and it's like that's oh, a but the film that's brilliant my, 
my favourite, yeah. one of my favourite bits is just when Aragorn tells Frodo to run and go, and then he just pulls the sword it's out. It's the slow motion it, as he yes, comes round and just cuts down the hill, doesn't he? Yeah. yeah. And then just goes womp on the first. Just dodges, like, dodges oh my the god! First blow, hey, you look. And then, yeah. And then he just look, does it so smooth. He looks so good doing it, and you're like, ah, I kind of want to be him. He he is he made it was brilliant casting. Mm. Sean Bean, obviously you see him and you go, oh, he's going to die because well, Sean apart Bean. from you know the stories anyway. <laughs> Sean Bean. But yeah, he, yeah. yeah. Uh, but perfect for Boromir. Yeah. Does it brilliantly. Both, you know, you've got two very uh, Emma. Emma always says they're both. It's just amazingly good-looking mm. guys doing this, and oh, it's perfect. And then you sort of go, "Yeah, I want to be him." Yeah. Not Boromir. Best Aragorn, Aragorn but... beard moment is in the two towers <laughs> after he falls off the cliff when they get attacked by the wargs. And they're back at Edoras, yeah. yeah, and they're they're sort of just milling around and talking, and then he just like shoves the doors open and yeah. sort of strides in, and everyone's like. Oh fuck, he's a bit good looking, isn't he? Look at his beard. Yeah. <laughs> Always a bit wet. Aowen basically jizzes a pants right there. <laughs> she Aowen, mad so- Aowen's not there, is he? That that time, so he doesn't jizz his pants. But he would. No. Yeah. Uh, they all would. Aowen also just had. <laughs> we always joked about Aowen having a massive cock. Yeah. He does. Rides a horse with a tiny penis, though. Weirdly <laughs> enough. Um, but um. <laughs> So just just quickly himself. on because I mean I think it's probably the last one because we got to wrap it up. So, um, Aragorn right looks better when he's had a bit of a fight rather than when he's had a bit of a. Wash. Oh, when he's all clean and kingly yeah. at the end, he's not as good looking. Yeah, yeah, he yeah, doesn't look doesn't look that great. Like any time he's had like a, a shower and stuff, he looks better when he's a bit greasy and been out living in the forest for a bit. Yeah, yeah, definitely, definitely, definitely. definitely. Any quick fire ones quickly that we're thankful. Uh, Terry Crews. Yep. <laughs> just cause Terry Crews. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, fair enough. What else do I have on my list? Um, John Wick. Yeah, John Wick on a horse. Yeah, <laughs> literally <laughs> the best trailer. That could be the trailer could be I'd two minutes of that image. Yeah, um, I'm hoping. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, uh, maybe the trailer could just be a like, gift. Do we think the horse is a hitman? <laughs> <laughs> I'm thinking that might be a thing. Like. I'm- Horses are assassins in this world because everyone else if is. This was just a throwaway picture originally from a very short scene. People have seen the response to that picture. He's now mounted good. throughout now the it's movie. Like this, this like 10, 15 minute yeah. like car chase when he's on a horse gunning them down. Um, <laughs> last good horse based chase scene, of course, yeah. um, in uh, True Lies. You reckon that was the last one? There must have been another when, one when, since then. Uh, discounting things like Lord of the Rings, where it's yeah. horse, horse on horse. Oh, like out out of horse out of horse context. out of water. <laughs> Horses, of course, Famous normally for- at their best out <laughs> of water. In water. Yeah, horse in water would probably be the expression. <laughs> yeah, Ho- horse out out of context horse. Yeah. So where where it is surprising that that dude is on a horse? Yeah. So yeah, you're right. Yeah, true in life. Lord of the Rings. You know, fine. They're on horses. Whatever. Does, a, does a comic count? Because like sure. Dark Knight Returns has Batman riding a horse, which is fucking awesome. Isn't there, isn't there a bit where he's on a horse in the movie? Actually, oh maybe which one? In Batman Begins, I don't think so. 
There's definitely a bit where someone's hmm. affected by the the scarecrow's yeah. drug, and they, and they see, see like him a on a demon horse. horse. Yeah, okay, maybe and it's, yeah. it's like a police. I think he borrows a police horse or something. It's either Batman or someone Christopher else. Christopher Nolan borrowed a lot from the actual comics. Is mm-hmm. what is what you realise when you actually think about it. But he did it in a very subtle way a lot of the time. Um, I'm trying to think of anyone else. Thankful. I'm thankful for you guys. Oh, Kevin Smith. God, that was going to be one of my major ones. Mm-hmm. Um, I wouldn't be podcasting if it wasn't Kevin Smith. And you so, do little else these days. Yeah, so thanks, Kevin Smith. Now I don't <laughs> and sleep. then you grumble about it. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck you guys. Uh, I grumble about um, inept, ineptitude. Do you, do you grumble about our ineptitude on this podcast, on your other podcasts? Yes, n- very little ineptitude. No, no, not really, because this podcast, like, I don't grumble about anyone's ineptitude. Bear, bear in mind that we spent an hour and 45 minutes trying to get it to work. Yeah, time. but at least we were trying to get it to work rather than, yeah, <laughs> I'm not going to go any further. We're not less, 100% less. sure what that sounds like no it might sound shit yeah. but you know let us know um, but get Kevin Smith thankful for Kevin Smith and his head. films are amazing as well so mm-hmm. not all of them but most of them awesome so yeah, yeah lots of stuff we are thankful for yeah thanks I just one quick Netflix pretty thankful for that yeah. that was quite a good idea and, um, well done our, our streaming service Netwanks thankful for that as well <laughs> yeah do you remember that <laughs> like I've had three people telling me you need to set up Netwanks <laughs> I'm pretty sure <laughs> we've been somebody's already got in on the wanking on the internet genre. No, but we've been through this. Netwanks is available. And I'm thinking N-E-T-W-A-N-X. <laughs> what would you do with it? Oh, we'd put our slash fiction up on it, wouldn't we? <laughs> mm-hmm. Speaking of this, like, um, I know this is um, admin, but I was thinking for Christmas we could do Christmas slash fiction. I've already been thinking of a Christmas-based yeah. slash fiction. Do a die-hard themed one. But that's if, yeah. Do, you could yeah. That could be your slash fiction. I'm no, thinking. I can... So the idea of uh, Bruce Willis fucking is just <laughs> is it is way <laughs> grosser <laughs> than me off sex than for life. Woody from Toy Story. Way grosser. <laughs> what? I still can't look at Thomas the Tank Engine the same way. Rather have to watch five minutes. Hardcore fucking Woody. Are you kidding me, or Russ? Bruce Willis. Bruce Willis. Really? Bruce Willis is a human being. Woody is a toy. Oh, is Woody's it? just a toy. Oh, yeah, probably Woody. Yeah. Woody's a toy that looks like a human being. Whereas Bruce Willis is a human being that looks like a thumb. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, yeah. So Christmas slash fiction. Not next week, but the week after, maybe. Yeah, probably not. No. No, just like throwing a spanner in your. Yeah, you do, don't yeah, you? And and after Christmas. <laughs> so we're not. We're doing an actual video of remake of the remake of The Last Jedi stop talking it up yet we haven't even started planning no, no, it but, no but I, I, I think we should just do a radio play there's more but I know how to do lightsaber effects in After Effects okay well we're doing it then fine then uh, uh, we've already had several people ask if they can be in it mm. do we want to let people who want to be in it in it yes <laughs> yeah they're male it's fine <laughs> Russ doesn't even want to be in it <laughs> I mean, there can be women in it, they just can't talk any shit to any proper man. <laughs> Given them orders, who does she think she is? I'm thankful for Ryan Johnson as well, by the way. Mm-hmm. Well done. That's a good film there, Last Jedi. Uh, right, yeah. You're going to go. Next uh, Next podcast will be up fairly soon, I think, because we're going to do it on Monday. Mm-hmm. And it's Saturday right now. So that's two no, days. Nobody cares. Yeah. Uh, Game Awards and news next time. News! News! Yeah, news time. Yeah. News. Uh, so news and game awards. Right, thanks for listening. If you want to contact us on Twitter, it's just at 2MTOH on Facebook. It's facebook.com forward slash TMTOH. On Instagram, it's TMTOH. Uh, theatrical cut this week are doing Christmas films, I think, now. 
Favourite Christmas film? Die Hard and stuff. Fuck you. Um, <laughs> um, Duncan, what's your favourite Christmas film? <laughs> okay, don't worry about it. You, so I'll just carry on, like as if. Uh, okay, um, yeah. So uh, if you want to get hold of Theatrical Cut, it's uh, Theatrical Cut Pod on Instagram and Theatrical Cut on Twitter. Although they don't answer that anymore, they're doing Christmas films at the moment. We'll be back yeah, in a few days. Thanks for listening. Goodbye. Bye. Bye.